0: Friends, welcome to Worship. It's Sunday, 12th July. We're glad you're here. The news this past week from the First Minister that churches can begin to reopen has come a bit earlier than all of our churches were expecting. And I dare say it may have been announced earlier because other things are beginning to open and there's some pressure to announce everything open again. But of course... Being given the okay to do something and being able or ready to do it are not the same thing. And so we still await lots more details from the Scottish Government before there will be any fresh guidance from the group of folks who have been coordinating the Church of Scotland response during these early phases of this global pandemic. Our own leadership team here in Creef are looking at all that guidance and working out what and when we can take these next steps. And we'd also like to hear from you, our members, about what it is that you might be looking for in the weeks and months ahead. For the time being... Here in Crief. We'll continue to meet online Sunday by Sunday and I know that that's been a real blessing to all those who find it hard to get out of the house and to come to church, even at the best of times. And it's also been a blessing to those people who live much further away, some in other countries who have been joining us week by week. And of course, many of our congregation, for them, it's still the safest and the easiest way to share in a local time of worship and fellowship. Whether it's watching our services on Facebook or listening to the podcasts or even listening over the phone. And for many, having that opportunity for family worship, worship in the home, is recapturing something that was the normal experience in many Scottish homes in generations gone by. Of course, church is not just what we do on Sundays, it's also how we engage with each other and with our community throughout the week. So of course we'll be continuing with our online Alpha group and our online holiday club throughout July, as well as our coffee times after our Sunday services and on Wednesday mornings. And I hope that you'll uh, join in some of these over the coming weeks. I'm also really excited to share with you that the work that began several years ago with the Mini Holiday Club and the drop-in cafe in the St Andrews Hall has now expanded to a much bigger outreach opportunity through the work of Creef Connections, which we hope this week will be opening a community response hub in. Creef High Street, just across the road from the Blytheswood shop, in what many of you will remember as the old toy shop or the former Christian bookshop, and more recently, a card shop. Already, some of our congregation, along with others in the community, have worked hard to obtain significant grant funding to make that possible. So as we think about how we can share the gospel with those in our community, this morning we're continuing our own studies in the Book of Acts. And as we hear about Paul's missionary journeys, let's be open to hearing and seeing what God has to teach us about our journey of faith and about being the church today here in Creaf. Our first praise song this morning reminds us that we were made to walk with God and that if we are in Christ, we're secure, not just for this life, but forevermore. Let's pray. Loving God, once more you have blessed us, leading us through another week, giving us the opportunity to be forgiven for our many mistakes and failings. You've been blessing us in a multitude of ways. And so now once more we come to worship you. You have blessed us in so much. Your name be praised. Lord, we come with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts to sing and to pray to read and to listen to think and to learn to give and to receive you have blessed us in so much your name be praised we come to worship you as creator our lord our father and our friend you have blessed us in so much your name be praised we come to thank you for your goodness for your guidance for your love and for your mercy. You have blessed us in so much. Your name be praised. We come to praise you for your purpose that will not be defeated, for your power that brings good even out of evil, for your grace that refuses to be denied, and for your strength which can never be exhausted. You have blessed us in so much. Your name be praised. So loving God, as we worship you today, draw us closer to you, closer to Christ and closer to one another so that the faith we profess may now show itself in our lives. You've blessed us in so much. Your name be praised through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught his friends to pray together saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, Well, friends, you may have noticed a few minutes ago the rain was coming down over the screen. Now the sun is shining. It's a typical Scottish summer day. Over these past few Sundays, we've been looking at how the gospel had impacted the lives of individuals: Stephen, then Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, you know, Saul and Ananias, and uh, last Sunday we were thinking of the the conversion of Cornelius and the conversion story also of Peter from his rather bigoted uh, Jewish opinions and way of life. Uh, today we're going on to look at the story of Paul and the beginning of Paul's missionary journeys and then we'll go on to look at the letters he wrote which make up a significant part of the New Testament. So let's listen to the story from Acts 13.
1: Acts chapter 13. Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. They travelled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elemas, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elemas and said, You are the child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time, and not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed— for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. And when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first, but since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. And honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit.
2: Where I to cross from land to land and sail afar by sea Descend the depths or climb the heights, my you Make- Tread
0: During the week I was talking with someone who was reflecting on a visit to St Paul's Bay in Malta. It's famous, of course, for being the site of a shipwreck involving the Apostle Paul on one of his missionary journeys as he was heading to Rome. And it's these journeys that Luke now goes on to write about in the Book of Acts. I remember as a child being fascinated by the maps that were in the back of my Bible. After all, you would expect to find maps in an atlas, but why were these maps there in my Bible? Well of course they were giving a visual representation of these missionary journeys made by Paul and his companions but I must confess that these maps made very little sense to me until I read the stories and began to use coloured pencils to to trace the journeys on these uh, maps in the back of my Bible If you were with us last week, as I said, you'll remember we were reading the story of the conversion of Cornelius and the accompanying mindset conversion of the Apostle Peter And we finished with that amazing line, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. This was an epoch-making declaration by the rather conservative Jewish leaders of the Jerusalem church. For God himself had put the matter firmly beyond dispute by bestowing his Holy Spirit on Cornelius and his Gentile household. And so the inclusion of the Gentiles is to become Luke's main theme as he goes on in the rest of the book of Acts, as we've just heard in chapter 13, where he begins chronicling Paul's amazing missionary exploits. If you know the story, or if you have a Bible with you this morning, you'll know that Luke goes on to talk about Paul's missionary journeys. And before he does that, he gives his readers Two little vignettes, two little stories which form a a transition from the, the conversion of the first Gentile through Peter to the systematic evangelization of the Gentiles through the Apostle Paul. In his uh, first vignette, the first story recorded in the second part of chapter 11 of Acts, Luke momentarily takes us back to the stoning of Stephen and to the subsequent persecution of the believers that happened in Jerusalem and how some of these people started heading northwards to the coast, reaching as far as Phoenicia and going on boats to Cyprus and then to Antioch. But he said as they spoke about Jesus, as they preached, they preached only to the Jews. There were some who came to Antioch who also spoke to the Greeks, although it's uncertain whether they were pagan Greeks or Greek-speaking Jews or some kind of mixture. Antioch was certainly a highly appropriate venue for the First International Church for it was a huge city, a cosmopolitan city, the third largest city in the Roman Empire. Then news of this development reached the church leaders back in Jerusalem. And just as they had sent Peter and John to investigate the Samaritan situation, so now they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he reached Antioch, Barnabas there saw the evidence of God's grace and the changed lives in the people. And he encouraged the converts to remain true to the Lord Jesus He also then went on to Tarsus, or Tarsus, and he found Saul, bringing Saul to Antioch to teach these large number of converts before they both journeyed back to Jerusalem. In the the second story, the second little vignette, recorded in chapter 12, the opposition to the church by King Herod, this is Herod Agrippa, the son of the Herod we encounter at the start of the, the Gospels, the opposition to the church by Herod is depicted and the scene is Jerusalem. This is Luke's final story about Peter before Peter's leadership role is taken over by Paul and before Jerusalem is eclipsed by the goal of preaching the gospel in Rome. In Jerusalem, King Herod Agrippa I Had the Apostle James, who was the brother of the Lord Jesus, he had James beheaded and he had the Apostle Peter imprisoned. Now, for the church in Jerusalem, that was a serious crisis. But the church members uh, in Antioch turned to God in prayer and Peter was miraculously released, although it seems that the church members meeting in the house of Mary, the mother of a man called John Mark, who we'll encounter later, the believers who were praying were probably not that confident in their praying. They were fully expecting Peter to be executed. And so Luke goes on to to document how Peter appeared to them, and they they were really surprised to see Peter. He then goes on to uh, document Herod's final overthrow. People in the land of Tyre and Sidon who had quarrelled with the king sought an audience with the king and sued for peace in much the same way as today Donald Trump harangues the media. Herod on that occasion harangued the people uh, who shouted, Oh, this is the voice of God, not the voice of a man. And immediately we're told that since Herod had usurped the honour and glory due to God, he was struck down and he died. Luke then adds one of his many summary verses. But the word of God continued to increase and to spread. As we read this story, there's a a real artistry in Luke's writing. For the chapter opens with James, the brother of the Lord, dead. It opens with Peter in prison and Herod triumphing. But it closes with Herod dead, with Peter free, and with the word of God Mm triumphing. And surely that's a reminder to us that no matter how bleak life can become, God has the power to overthrow human plans and to establish his own plan in their place. And God's plan was for his word to spread and for his word to flourish, for people to respond to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and for the church to grow. And the method that God chose to achieve this was through the ministry of Barnabas and Saul, who returned to Antioch, this time taking with them this young convert, John Mark. Back in Antioch, Barnabas and Saul were commissioned as missionaries by the leaders of the church and their missionary journeys began with John Mark as their helper. Now at each of their stopping places, Luke records something for us, something of note. When they reached Cyprus, which was Barnabas's home, the prone consul, the man who was in charge of that area, Sergius Paulus, he himself came to believe, despite satanic opposition from one of his, through one of his advisors. From Paphos, they they sailed to Perga, which is on the southern tip of Asia Minor. And they set foot on the continent of Asia Minor. And as they did so, they were entering into uncharted territory. No Christian had ever set foot in this land before. And stretching out before them was a dangerous, unknown, far more hostile land than they had encountered before. Barnabas's young cousin John Mark, who has accompanied them up till this point, at this stage deserts them and heads back to Jerusalem. And that will become important in a couple of chapters. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch, another city with the name of Antioch. Although by the time they arrived there, the, the perils of first century travel were already beginning to affect and afflict them. Paul, who was now going by the Roman version of his name, was suffering from a debilitating illness which seems to have damaged his eyesight. He records that later in his letter to the Galatians. Despite that debilitation, it was here that Paul and Barnabas took the radical step of turning to the Gentiles. There, so many people came out to hear them preaching of Christ that the Jews... In the town got jealous and and began to contradict and to revile Paul. In response Paul declared that he will preach to the Gentiles which makes the Gentiles really glad. But the Jews continue their persecution finally driving Paul and Barnabas out of the city. And so they journeyed south. They journeyed south southeastward to a, a city named Iconium, which once again was a place where they found great success and large numbers of Jews and Gentiles came to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But again they met with fierce opposition and hearing they were going to be stoned, they then fled further south to a city called Lystra. In Lystra following the the healing of a lame man, the the rather superstitious crowd in that town now tried to worship them. I think believing them to be pagan deities, Jupiter and Mercury returning to the city, fulfilling one of their myths and legends. And it took everything that Paul and Barnabas had to to convince the crowds not to worship them. But then some Jews who had travelled from Antioch to Lystra began to stir the crowd against Paul again and so they quickly went from being worshipped as gods to being stoned and, and left for dead. Paul we're told was able to recover from awful injuries and battered and bruised they began a, a 60 mile trudge to the, the this town of Derb where again large numbers heard the gospel and came to believe in Jesus Christ. So what was their missionary strategy and what can you and I learn from this time of new beginning that God has given to us? Well firstly, as we look at uh, the strategy of Paul and Barnabas, we see that they preached the gospel. They had a confidence in the message that they wanted to share. And they were prepared to go anywhere and reach out to anyone in order to share that message. They sought out people who would listen. Now, of course, there were signs that accompanied their works. And in the same way, you and I can show by our actions the truth of the words that we speak, just as what we speak needs to be backed up by our actions i'm so grateful to god for those who have affirmed the vision for grief connections to create opportunities to share the gospel through helping people in our town with services with resources with life opportunities and surely the the greatest of the life opportunities is hearing and responding to the gospel of the lord jesus There are so many people in our community who have looked at this this work and begun to see the value of this work. But it also needs those of us in the church to participate and to be involved so that we don't miss these opportunities to share the gospel and to direct that work. And we need to be clear about the gospel that we're sharing. Although in this country, at this time, we don't face the kind of opposition or persecution that Paul faced and that other parts of the world still face. There are nevertheless strong currents of opposition to the gospel that we find in this land and there are policies going through our parliaments which seem to run contra to the the traditional Christian view that we've enjoyed thus far there are strong currents of opposition and that includes those who claim to be Christian but who actually replace the gospel of Christ with a message of simple universalism that everyone is saved and no one faces judgment or hell in the end so we need to be like Paul, fiercely committed to sharing the pure gospel of Jesus Christ as we share the grace of God through our actions And then secondly, we see that Paul and Barnabas planted churches. Now, in a time when our only experience and perhaps only expectation of church in Scotland is decline... We really need to recapture something of the vision of these early evangelists who expected people to respond to the gospel message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and who expected and therefore experienced the growth of the church. Today, even here in Scotland, that increasingly takes the form of fresh expressions of church. And just as we have been learning how to be and how to do church differently over these past few months, so too we need to go on being and doing church in fresh ways, allowing new life to begin and creating opportunities for those who don't do church to become the church that will move on into this changed future that lies before us all. In that I am just as much a learner as you are we need to learn together the important thing is for us to be on the lookout for these doors that God is opening to be on the lookout for the Holy Spirit at work for us to be praying God instead of just letting me read and hear about these missionaries how about using me And we don't need to go on these perilous journeys like Paul and Barnabas. We just have to be, as John Piper puts it, in God's place, at God's pace. We need to do that with this very important aspect of church life. We become a gospel witness to this community of grief only as people really get to know us and see and hear the difference that Christ has made in our lives and come to believe in him and together you and I, the church we need to take these steps of faith right now we may or we may not be missing the physical aspect of coming together as church We may or may not be missing being together in our buildings but it's really only when we develop a love for the gospel a love for making disciples that we love the church because the church is the vehicle that Jesus created to evangelize and to make disciples if we love the church We should be going through these doors of opportunity. We should be loving church planting, teaching people the faith, entrusting them with leadership, entrusting the future of the church here in Creef to God. Now, as we look at Paul and Barnabas, they, they didn't really have a flashy strategy. But I believe that the same strategy that the Spirit operated through them That same strategy is the strategy the Spirit is communicating to those of us in the church today. And the most effective way for the church to make disciples in a lasting way. So let's ask God to instil this vision even more deeply in our hearts. And may each of us find our particular place in this work.
3: Love divine, all love's excess.
0: is shaped in part by our past and by our present situation. Our identity is shaped in part by all that we have inherited and by how we affirm and are affirmed in our present situation. Now over time our experience and our identity are shaped by a multiplicity of influences. As the people of God, our experience and our identity are shaped by the community created by Jesus Christ and sustained and renewed by the Holy Spirit. So in our prayers today, within the community, as we pray together, so within that community, where the Spirit of God dwells, we find that our experience and our identity are shaped not only by the past and present but also by the future and as we face the future we hear the words of Scripture within the community of the people of God there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus whatever the past has been and whatever the challenge of the present is we are liberated to face the future with the assurance that nothing and separate us from the love of God. Let's join our hearts in prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Living God, you are our creator and our maker. You have made us in your image and you have sustained us in past days. Guard us and keep us as we remember those days. Lord in your mercy hear our prayer Living God you are our redeemer and our deliverer you reconcile all things through Christ Jesus the image of the invisible God hold our lives in your safekeeping at this present time Lord in your mercy hear our prayer Living God, you are the giver of the gift of the Spirit. You breathe into us the very breath of life and renew us by your Holy Spirit. Lead us into the future through Christ and by your Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Living God, as you have been with us in past days, be with us today and in all of the days to come. Grant that we may face the future assured that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for Uh, joining together online this week and we look forward to here at the man's chatting with you after the service today uh, also on wednesday look forward to seeing the the alpha folks on monday night remember if there's anything you need help with get in touch with me at the man's get in touch with your elder and we'll do what we can to help you and we would really would like to know uh, what it is you're 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 hoping for dreaming for praying for in, in the weeks and months ahead in terms of how we begin to, to come together as church. So until we until we next meet, until we next speak, uh, the, the blessing of God, the, the ever-present Father, the ever-living Son, the ever-active Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you now and forevermore. Amen.